everybody. It's Sue Bidstrup with the Great Big Yes podcast. I am so glad you're here. Um, this is a place where I talk to people. I have conversations with friends and we just talk about how they're living out God's calling on their lives. These are people who have said a great big yes to the invitation um, to live with passion and purpose and make a difference in this world. And just by telling their stories and sharing their stories with us, um, we are encouraged and inspired to live out our own callings. And so I hope that's what you'll find here, encouragement, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the Great Big Yes podcast. Today I am speaking with Lauren Flake, and I'm super excited that she has agreed to do the podcast. Hi, Lauren. How are you? Hi, Sue. I'm good. Yay. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm good. So Lauren and I met through... Um, being on the launch team for Jen Hatmaker's um, For the Love book. And For the Love is just kind of the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, wouldn't you say, Lauren? It's been so great. Yes, I I just got a package last night from my ornament swap buddy. So. <laughs> yeah, so we all kind of agreed to be on this um, launch team, and then it turned into we're still all um, – you know, corresponding through Facebook and just have become friends outside of it. And it's just been a really great thing. And one of the um, really beautiful gifts from it is for the love writing group that has kind of emerged from it as well. And so I want to talk to Lauren today about um, just all the things that she's doing. She has a website called Love of Dixie. She has, um, she raises money for um, Texas uh, things and uh, it's hashtag Texas Strong. She's written a book, Where Did My Sweet Grandma Go? And um, she's got a community going and just a lot of things that we'll get to. But um, I would just love, Lauren, if you could just kind of introduce yourself and tell us about where um, love of what what is love of Dixie? Sure. Um, I so I have well, I live in uh, Buda and have husband and two little girls and um I lost my mom Dixie that's where love of Dixie comes from to early onset Alzheimer's three years ago um yeah previous to that I well I guess I started blogging in 2009 okay. so right after I moved my mom into a nursing home mm. uh is when I started blogging and it began as just a place to really give family and friends updates okay. you know every time I would go visit or this is how she's doing or you know whatever uh, but it obviously evolved from there and um, I can't even tell you exactly when I changed the name to Love of Dixie it was a few years before she died yeah. but um, so then let's see about a year after my mom passed my oldest daughter who was then two and a half, started asking more and more questions about my mom. Um, we had, you know, always talked about Grandma Dixie, but she was one and a half when she passed. Mm. And she would recognize her in photos. I mean, we had my mom's artwork and photos around the house, and so we talked about her. She could recognize her and knew, you know, basically, but she was two and a half. So she started asking I think it actually started with, she likes picking out my earrings and there's this favorite pair of earrings that were my mom's that she wants. They're these sterling silver dragonflies, but they're like, cool. to me, kind of summery. But she wants me to wear those like all the time because those are her favorite. 
And I was telling her, well, these were Grandma Dixie's, whatever. And I guess I got a little tearful telling her at the time, just kind of one of those, you know, you know how grief just kind of hits you out of nowhere here and there. Yes. And uh, so she starts asking more questions. Well, where is she? Um, And so we we talked about heaven and uh, this kind of went on for, I guess, a few of these conversations went on for a week or two, but she, I asked her, you know, do you know Grandma Dixie? And she says, yes. And I said, well, what does she look like? And, you know, I know she can identify her in pictures. I'm thinking she's going to say she has dark hair, you know, yeah. something to identify her. She says, a pretty bird. Mm. I mean, totally serious, like not oh. being silly. Yeah. And I, I said, what? She goes, yeah, she's a pretty bird. She'll still, like, she, I mean, now she, it's been commented on enough that, you know, she kind of knows what she's supposed to say at this point. But, I mean, for (laughs) a year or year or more, I guess, you know, you would ask her and she, that would always be her answer, a pretty bird. And so I just kind of loved that symbol of my mom. My mom always loved birds anyways. Yeah. Um, And I had lots of, um, mockingbirds yeah like well not lots of it'll always be one at a time but I'll have a mockingbird just at the weirdest moments just like light on a fence right next to me or wow I mean just weird stuff where I really like feel like my mom's with me like I mean I mean I don't really believe in reincarnation but you know what I mean it's just like like little messages from God you know that that her you know so I'm I um I'm really huge on the idea of legacy yeah. and, you know, how do you teach legacy to mm-hmm. a preschool aged kid? Um, I wrote a poem for my daughter that based off of that pretty bird concept. Yeah. And it was basically a rhyming sonnet um, asking over and over again, where, you know, where is she? And then kind of answering at the, at the end, um, but I read the poem to my mother-in-law, who's a retired first and second grade teacher, and she, well, she cried on the phone mm. when I was reading it to her, and she said, you have to publish this. And I thought, huh? Right. Like, I seriously thought, I thought, you know, maybe I would use Shutterfly or something and make some kind of picture book for my girls, but I never in a million years thought I'd actually publish this. Right. It was just a poem at the time. So then I, you know... I just kept, and then of course my oldest daughter started getting excited about it being a real book, and so I stuck with it. And then it was, well, who's going to illustrate it? And so sat on that for a good year and a half, I guess. And then finally it clicked one day. I was talking to um, a friend of mine at a women's retreat, friend that goes to church with me, uh, who she and her husband own TLC Graphics, which is a cover and interior layout. I mean, they basically do book design for people who are self-publishing. And so we're talking about the concept for my book and we had talked about it before and she knew I was trying to figure out an illustrator. She'd suggested people, but I mean, these illustrators, the good, the ones you really want, I mean, cost several thousand dollars. So I'm just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm talking to her at this women's retreat. This was, you know, last fall, like, so just over a year ago. And all of a sudden it clicked because I was telling her some of the text from it and this image of this, because my mom was an artist when she was younger. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, 
this, there's a pen and ink drawing of like a mother and baby horse yeah. to get running together. Uh, and it just flashed in my head as I was talking to Tammy and I was like, wait a minute, I have some mom's artwork yeah. that might actually match up with this. And so then piecing it together, cause I knew, you know, a few of them that I had either originals or prints of, or had at my grandmother's house. And then like, you know, weird stuff happened. Like my dad texted me a picture of a watercolor of two birds that he found in some random journal. It was like the only thing in the journal was this watercolor of the birds that she did. I think it was like when I was real little. Wow. But I mean, we neither of us even knew that painting existed, you know, and he just happened to text it to me and I was like, oh, wait, I need that. So I needed cool. one for that yes. page. Yeah. Like he didn't even realize. Oh my gosh. I love that. So the book is your, it's your poem and her illustrations. Well, so I had artwork of hers to match up with about half of the okay. text. Yeah. So I ended up, that was another hangout because it was like, okay, well, what do I do with the others? And I ended up doing my own watercolors to fill in the gaps. Oh, so cool. like the, the cover art is mine. Yeah. I love that. And then the, thank you. And then, you know, I feel like my art, I, I'm proud of the cover because I worked really, really hard on that. That's beautiful. I thought I was never going to get that right. But the, a lot of them, like the moon and stars and the, the trees and the rainbow, like they're all very basic to me. Um, so I feel like they're kind of rudimentary compared to my mom's art. But the funny thing is those are the ones my girls like the best. Yeah. Like, they like the simple, bright colors. Like, I guess they just appeal to kids. And actually, my so my daughter, who inspired the whole thing, my oldest, she was, as I was finishing up the book for publication, like, the very beginning of this year, she was sort of, like, the artistic director, like, overseeing all yeah. the artwork oh. I was doing and making yeah. me change stuff. And oh, cute. Yeah. Well, I mean, just for the people who are listening, it's called Where Did My Sweet Grandma Go? And it's a preschooler's guide to losing a loved one. And it's a beautiful book. And it's just, I, I love that you did this. And I love that you're talking about the artwork and then you also doing art because you're an artist as well, right? I mean, you're a writer and you've been writing the blog, but um, when it, like underneath your name at the top of your blog, it says artist, author, and Alzheimer's daughter. So when you say artist, like, what is, what does that mean to you? Like, have you always done art? Have you always done like watercolors and painting or tell me about that? Like that part of your life. I mean, I've always been drawn to art uh, since I was little. And I imagine that has a lot to do with my mom Yeah, being an artist. Like I remember taking art classes at Laguna Gloria in Austin when I was little and, yeah. you know, on the summers and stuff. Um, it's always kind of just been a for fun hobby thing yeah. until this book though. And it yeah. was like, Oh, See, well, I, I guess that. other people, I love that. Other it's people like started referring to me as an artist yeah. because of the illustrations in the book. And I thought, what? <laughs> oh, I guess so. But <laughs> like, isn't that so cool? Well, and then also I kind of, I kind of, uh, dabble in graphic design. Okay. Hence the t-shirt. Yeah. So um, I consider that to be art to a certain extent. Did you make also, your logo but... on your blog? Because it's beautiful. 
Um, like with Bethany Beans actually. Oh, did she? Yeah, yeah. Actually made that. So I, the honey script is because of the Texas strong shirt design because I kind of got hooked on that honey yeah. script. Yeah. I did do the the shirt design, but I I basically say like Bethany is a real graphic designer and I just play one on TV <laughs> because I mean seriously like I I got you know I was interviewed on TV about the shirts and everything after the uh flood release yeah. fundraiser kind of blew up and it's like they would ask me about making the design and how long it took and they would just look at me like well I don't know I played around with it for like 20 minutes <laughs> look at me like what right so So, yeah tell people about texas strong because i love that okay well um so my you know and i mentioned the mockingbird thing earlier i my mom is a my mom was a sixth sixth generation texan and i'm seventh so Mm -hmm. we have uh you know going back to the old 300 and well even before that in texas so strong Texas roots, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then I just love Central Texas. I mean, I grew, I was born in Austin, grew up there in Dripping Springs, and now I'm Buda. So I just, you know, Central Texas has my heart. Yeah. Um, and my mom, so finding a nursing home for her was way more difficult than I had anticipated because she was a flight risk at that time yeah and um there's all these regulations involving the fire code Mm. about um secure wings and so travis county was just not gonna work Mm. i don't know if that's changed now but we could not do travis county because they wouldn't allow secure wings because of the fire code and so um and then trying to find a uh an open bed for her basically yeah um in a secure wing was just you know we get on these waiting lists and i found this facility in san marcus that ended up being wonderful oh good um but that's where she spent the last uh three and a half yeah three and a half years of her life and so eventually she didn't have to be in the secure wing and she moved into the main part of the nursing home. But I mean, that was critical when we yeah. moved her in. So um, when the last, well, I, I say last summer, it was summer a year ago, um, when the floods hit San Marcos and Wimberley, Yeah. I remember, I think my husband was actually out of town that weekend and I could not sleep. I mean, it was storms like crazy and and I remember checking Facebook in the middle of the night and seeing the yeah devastation uh things about rescuing people off their roof yeah I mean I was just beside myself well the next morning I realized like I saw a picture of water over I-35 yeah at the exit to my mom's nursing home oh yeah and I was just oh my gosh, what in the world? Like, I mean, I never in a million years would have imagined there would be water over I-35. But Right. So like for people who are listening who aren't from Texas and aren't from this area, because I'm newer to Texas, just a little over two years. And these floods were like, you have never, I mean, so you've been here forever, right? And 
it was like something you've never seen, right? I mean, it was devastation, like all around. Right. And then they basically got it twice last year yeah. because it happened again. So that was Memorial Day and it happened again at Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just unreal. Yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, of course, my mom passed in 2013 and this was 2015. But I was immediately concerned about, you know, was there water in the nursing home? Well, it turned out they did have water in the nursing home right on top of brand new floors but we're able to get it out of there and really didn't affect residents. But I mean, it's just seeing, you know, the exit that I had taken every time I went to visit my mom, Right. it just stuck with me. So, um, I ended up just kind of on a whim the next Saturday morning. I just, it made, cause it, it stuck with me all week. I, you know, I need to do something to help. And of course I had two, you know, my kids are, uh, three and almost five now. So they were two and almost four at the time. I couldn't go down there and yeah. clean out houses. Totally. Uh, so I thought, well, I knew some people were making shirts. So I thought, you know, we need something that's got more like a broader appeal, more feminine, yeah. So I just started playing around. I found the the um, well, and also I had used. Teach, I've been I've been involved with the. It's now Alzheimer's Texas, okay. but it used to be um, the local chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. Now they're independent, but I've been involved with them for uh, ten years. Yeah, ten years. Oh, cool. And I had done a little. Um, a little, I mean, I'm talking like raised 50 bucks type um, fundraiser on Teespring before related to my Alzheimer's walk team for them. And so that's why I ended up using Teespring. And I thought this was going to be like that. I mean, I thought maybe, oh, we'll raise a couple hundred dollars. Right. How much did we'll you sell raise? 50 shirts. Uh, almost 150000 Girl, that's amazing. That is so, amazing. And the bulk, the craziest part is the bulk of that happened right away. I mean, yeah. we, so I posted those, it was like a, you know, not flooding, but it was a rainy Saturday morning and it was right a week after the floods had happened or less than a week. And I'm just playing around, I remember just playing around on my husband's laptop, sitting on the couch. And I finally, I was like, oh, this looks good. And I posted them <laughs> and I picked United Way of it's United Way of Hayes, and they they used to call it just Hayes, but it's always been Hayes and Caldwell counties yeah. that they benefit. So it was Martindale also, which is this real small community that was also flooded. Um, so they had set up a fund with they were taking no admin fee from, and so all the money was going to these three communities that had been hit: San Marcos, Wimberley, and Martindale. Whereas most of the fundraisers had been like Wimberley specific. Yeah before mine so um anyway set that up put it on facebook tagged a few people that i thought might be interested yeah we sold 20 shirts in the first hour and i thought what in the world is happening like yeah. and it just kept going and going. i mean it was it was madness i love it. ended up teespring caught wind of how quickly it was taking off yeah and started contacting me about media. I said, sure, you know, whatever. The more attention it gets, the more money we raised. Right. So ended up getting 
picked up by People.com. It was so funny because People.com picked it up before anybody local did. But anyway. Oh, cool. Um, that was quite an experience. <clears throat> That's so exciting. I love that. Um, and you've created other things. I see there's jewelry on there now and just a lot of different T-shirts and stuff, right? So you have a lot of products. You have a shop on your website. Right. So I have mainly their Teespring. It's like, you know, shirts and they've added um, mugs and hats and tote bags or yeah. whatever. But then there's, um, I've got jewelry on Zazzy, which they just, you know, will take your design and make custom cool. jewelry. And, send, and it, they have it set up the same way as Teespring where all of the money on these fundraisers, all the money is going straight to the beneficiary instead of coming to me first because we don't, you know, the yeah. money doesn't need to change hands through me. It goes straight to the oh, I love that uh, charity. So yeah, oh, that's so good. But, but my main, I mean, yes, I've done various fundraisers, but my main beneficiaries are always going to be Alzheimer's Texas, and then. Um, United Way of Hayes County, uh, I, you know, just have a really great relationship with them and their executive director, like I do with Alzheimer's Texas. So those are kind of my favorites. Yeah, that's but. so good. And I want to talk about the Alzheimer's. I want to talk about your mom. Um, so when did she, how long did she live with Alzheimer's? So she was diagnosed in 2006 about a week after I graduated from college, mm. but she was already in the moderate stages of the disease then. Yeah. Um, so she, you know, from diagnosis to her passing away was seven years. Wow. Uh, but I started noticing something was wrong. Of course, I had no idea what it was, but I started noticing something was wrong my senior year of high school, like fall of my senior year of high school. So that would have been 2001. Yeah. What um, did you notice? So, I mean, it, it took five years to get, but she had some other, you know, she, she nearly bled to death from uterine fibroids. Oh, wow. Um, that were misdiagnosed. Hmm. So we had some distractions on, you know, we thought that's what was causing problems, like the aftermath of that because of all the blood loss. But, you know, you don't keep getting worse. Like her mom just kept getting worse. Her memory kept getting worse. Her speech kept getting worse. And that's, you know, when we finally decided that it was actually some kind of dementia and she went to, she actually went to two different neurologists. Um, wow. That first in 2006. When you said And they you even felt, did oh, a sorry. PET scan. To, they even did a, so the thing about Alzheimer's is it's very difficult to diagnose accurately mm -hmm. um, without an autopsy. They actually, I think they have a, a fancy MRI now that actually can see the plaques and tangles now, but only like, you know, top research hospitals are going to have that. Right. Um, really like the, up until just recently, the best way has been a PET scan where they inject a radioactive dye it's basically like a glue like sugar like a glucose yeah. because your brain lights you know your brain lights up from sugar yeah so they inject this with radioactive dye do the pet scan and then they you know with my mom the neurologist said um that 
the areas that did not light up from the sugar were very consistent with Alzheimer's. So that's basically how the diagnosis was confirmed. But okay. it's just a it's a tricky a tricky thing to diagnose. Yeah. Because there's so many different forms of dementia. Right. Um, but when you said you noticed something when you were a senior in high school, what what kind of things were you noticing? So I have a very specific memory. There was one morning I was going to school, and I remember I was running late, and I was packing my lunch. Yeah. And I had, like, I was really into Batman. So I had this, like, Batman little square metal Batman lunchbox, not very big, and I had all my stuff in there. Well, my mom decides I need to put ice in it, like, and she didn't find, like, an ice pack, I guess. Yeah. So she takes this Ziploc bag and fills it with ice. The bag of ice was bigger than the lunchbox itself, but she kept trying to cram it. And I'm like, Mom, that's not going to fit. I have to leave. It's fine. Like, right. I ate lunch so early. I didn't need ice anyway. Right. But she was just bound and determined she was going to get this bag of ice into my lunchbox before I left. And I was like, what is going on? Right. Like, it, it was just totally nonsensical. And that's the first, like, that was the first really big red flag that something's not right here. Yeah. But of course, I was, you know, 17. Self-absorbed. And, yeah, no clue yeah. what was actually happening. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay, so then um, she, when, like, when did she go into care? Like, were you, was she living with it for a while and everyone was, you know, I'm, I'm just curious about, because I see people in movies or something, but I've never no known anyone personally um, that had Alzheimer's, so... I'm just curious, like, was she able to kind of live at home and then she, then it came to a point where she just wasn't or how did that kind of so, work out? Okay. So, you know, with early onset, it's a different level of challenge because my was dad she? was still, well, when she passed, she was 59. Oh. So yeah, when she was diagnosed, she was, uh, 53. Oh. No, 52. She would have, she turned 53 that year. So young. Yeah. So, I mean, really, I think it started in her late forties yeah. or at least visible signs of it. I mean, they say this stuff starts 20 to 30 years before you actually see symptoms. So, you right. know, she was probably my age when it, to be honest with you, when stuff started. Um, but yeah, the movies and stuff, I mean, still Alice did a little bit better job. Yeah. But the movies don't really do the disease justice. Like, they don't really show how bad. I mean, basically, the decline into Alzheimer's is, it's like if you just reversed your life and, like, reverted back to an infant. Like, you lose the ability to, you know, toilet yourself. You, you lose the ability to bathe. You start losing the ability to walk. It affects balance. It affects vision. Um, obviously, speech and decision-making are some of the earlier ones. But, I mean, your body just keeps forgetting how to do, you know, your brain controls all the functions of your body. So as right. your brain deteriorates, yeah. all these functions deteriorate also. And then usually the last thing is forgetting how to swallow. Yeah. Um, but she, let's see. So we moved her into the nursing home the end of 2008, okay. which is the year I got married. I got married the beginning of that year. Um, but she was living with my dad, and he was still working full-time. Mm -hmm. So he, 
you know, it, it, it became very dangerous for her to be at the house by herself. Like, she would be breaking, like, she'd break picture frames or go through the china cabinet and break stuff or mm. wander out of the house or... Yeah, so scary. So um, he would end up hiring, I guess there were two different women at two different times that would stay with her or watch her. Um, and it's basically like having to have a sitter. Yeah. Um, and of course she didn't like that. There's a, there's a stage of dementia where it's like extreme paranoia. Everybody's trying to steal all your stuff. Okay. Everybody's trying, I mean, I think that's, it seems to be pretty common, but I mean, it was my mother who was prone to anxiety anyways. It was, uh, it was a pretty big like she would forget who I was and think I was stealing stuff from her, okay. you know, yeah. or oh, the, the ladies who watched her, they were, they were stealing all her stuff. Um, they, yeah. you know, with confusion, a lot of times comes anger. Mm-hmm. The fear turns into anger and, you know, she's, she was strong, but she was pretty, I mean, my mom was almost five, four, yeah. tiny. tiny. So, um, you know, you can imagine with like, with a, full-grown man having bouts of you know confusion and rage how dangerous that situation becomes it's bad enough somebody her size totally um but yeah eventually it just the thing is people don't realize how much to actually have the kind of care that you need in a home you know to keep them at home that kind of care is so around the clock yeah and so expensive mm-hmm. that a lot of times it ends up costing more than it would to put them in a facility, you know? Right. Yeah. Now, um, one of the things that you said you're starting now, which I think is really awesome, is a community for people who um, may be dealing with the same thing. Their mothers may have um, dementia, right? The daughters of dementia is what you're calling it. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. So I'm, very passionate about mentoring, especially women mentoring other women. Um, I guess it was probably 2008, um, a few months before I moved my mom into the nursing home. There was a little TV interview on a local Austin station um, with my mom, my dad, and, and me about, you know, early onset Alzheimer's. And a friend or a friend, she's a friend now, Um, a girl saw the interview and contacted the reporter to see if she could contact me, and we ended up meeting and all, and, you know, I consider her a great friend now, even though I don't get to talk to her very often, but she lost her mom to Lewy body dementia, which mimics the symptoms of both Parkinson's and Alzheimer's disease. And so um, she basically mentored me through a real difficult time um, in my mother's disease. And so we had always wanted to set up a community um, where women can connect and encourage one another and specifically where the same thing that happened with her and I could happen for other people where we would batch up a surviving caregiver. And by caregiver, I mean like a family caregiver with a, um, current 
caregivers. Yes. You know, whether that's a pen pal or an email or a phone call or whatever. Um, oh, I love that idea. Just to, to match people up is really my dream for that. Yeah. Well, I think it's so important to not go through it alone. Right. I mean, I love that she reached out to you. Um, that was such a blessing for you. And just to be able to give back. And that's what you're doing through the book and creating this community and all of that. Um, I'm just, I'm sorry that you had to go through this. I feel like I've sort of been in a perpetual state of grief and caregiving for the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, you know, because it kind of, so my mom was an only child. And so things kind of continued with her uh, parents. My grandfather passed in may but um it's just you know god doesn't give us suffering but he allows it um because it builds our character and our perseverance and gives us a ministry basically i mean i i feel like i have connected with so many people who've either are currently in or have gone through similar struggles. Yeah. And what do you think God, like when you bring up God in this, like how, what do you, how have you gotten closer to him in this? Like what, what has he shown you through this or how has he transformed you through this? Well, I've always been um, kind of a control freak perfectionist. Mm Mm-hmm. And with Alzheimer's, that just doesn't fly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I will never forget the last time I ever took my mom in Walmart. She tried to take her pants off in the middle of the store. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, so, you know, and this is all before I had kids. Yeah. So I kind of feel like, like, I didn't really notice how much I had, that had transformed in me yeah. until I had little kids. And I would you know, they would do stuff and I wouldn't freak out about it. Yeah. Like I would, you know, people would expect me to. And I'd be like, well, you know. Yeah. It's it's just, you know, because having, having a parent with Alzheimer's, you know, I had to change my mom's diapers. Not often because, you know, most of that happened in the facility. But I had to change her diapers a couple times. And that you know, it was before I ever changed my own kid's diapers. Yeah. And to me, changing baby's diapers, who you know are going to grow up and become more independent and have, you know, hopefully have full healthy lives. Like, that's so different than when you're, you know, caring for someone who becomes, who's an adult, but becomes like an infant and only gets, you know, declines more and more and more. Like, it just really put things in perspective. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, where would you go? Like, where, like, so I'm sure there's times when you feel like, oh, this is really overwhelming and I'm, you know, sad or depressed or feeling lonely or anxious. What are some things like, where do you go? Like, so you had this person who was a, like a mentor to you, which was such a blessing, I'm sure. But I mean, did you feel like you were steeping yourself in God's word or do you feel like that kind of got to put on the back burner? You know what I mean? Like what, what did you do to kind of help yourself during this time? Because it is so um, heavy to be the care, caretaker. 
Uh, well, writing was huge for oh, that. Writing is yeah. very therapeutic for me. Uh, I mean, art also, but writing really helps me to kind of process their emotions and see the big picture. Um, yeah. I mean, this sounds weird, but I kind of feel like I found God through my writing because I, I would, yeah. I would be writing and I would just get these sort of like revelations and messages. Like as I was doing it, it's like, it, I think maybe because my mind would be quieted and focused yeah. that I could receive it better. I don't, I don't know. But, um, and then also, um, I, to be honest with you, I think I probably should do more Bible study. I know I should, but <laughs> a lot of the Bible study I do is related to my writing. Yeah. Um, but I also, uh, and also there's, no of, sh- I feel like there's no shoulds with that. You know what I mean? Well, like, I think we can put so much pressure on ourselves I remember one time telling my friend something. I was like, and I should, and I should. And she goes, wow, you're going to should all over yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right? Well, and that's where grace comes in. But But I love that you said writing because I think, and that's tangible. You know, that's a, um, because I I, I agree. I think writing is such a good way to work out your um, emotions, but also to have insights come to you. Um, That happens for me when I'm writing as well. So I love that you mentioned that. So good. Also, um, prayer. I mean, prayer became huge. Um, I mean, I hate that we kind of wait until we're at the end of our rope before we start praying a lot of times. Um, But, I mean, I guess that's why God allows suffering is because it, shows us our dependence on him. I mean, that really was the biggest takeaway from my mom's illness was I'm not in control of any of this. Right. I have no, no control here. Um, really taught me to be dependent on that. I was dependent on him. Um, and then the other, the third thing would be the fundraising. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like the, the fundraising and advocacy, is, uh, I mean, to me, it's continuing on her legacy, uh, keeping her memory alive. And so, you know, that's very healing to me and also gives me, uh, I guess, a way to refocus my grief, you know, for something good. And it's action. And I I always feel good when I'm doing something, you know, um, yeah. Oh, that's so good. No, that's that's so good. So if people want to um, learn more or get the book or um, maybe join in with the Daughters of Dementia or anything like that, pretty much everything can be found on your website, right? Yes, you can get to any of it through loveofdixie.com. Okay, awesome. And I'll post that on the blog too. Um, so when this um, podcast goes up, you can check uh, greatbigyes.com for all the details and um Lauren I just want to thank you for just telling your story and I would love to um just can we pray together just before we before we end I would love to pray for you and all the work that you're doing oh sure yeah um and I just yeah father god let me just lift up Lauren to you um thank you uh for um just the way that she's reaching out to other people who may be going through um, 
the same sort of things. I want to thank you for her mother's life. Um, I want to thank you for all the people that were involved in taking care of Lauren's mom, Dixie. Um, and just all the ways that um, you showed up uh, through all of this pain uh, for Lauren. And so, Lord, we just ask for that for all the people that are going through Alzheimer's right now and all of their caretakers. We ask for your uh, presence and your peace that surpasses all understanding. We just ask for that for them. We ask for a covering of protection over them. And we just ask for um, really a blessing over Lauren's work over the book, that it would touch people's hearts, that it would end up in the hands of people that need it, um, that the message would be um, received, and that hope would be found. We ask for a blessing over Texas Strong, um, just the way that you've used her through that. Lord, we're just grateful that she had an idea and that it took off and that um, money was raised and relief efforts were strengthened by her doing that. So just thank you for that. We thank you for her creativity in all these ways. We ask a blessing over um, the daughters of dementia and whatever that's going to look like in the future, like whatever that's going to become. God, we just trust you with that, that the right people will come who need to find a mentor, um, need somebody to walk them through this scary space of um, dementia and caretaking and just the exhaustion. Lord, we just ask for um, relief and rest for weary hearts of all the people that are um, helping their loved ones through this horrible disease. And so, yeah, um, thank you for um, the connection too, just that I would meet Lauren through um, for the love. Thank you for all the writers, all the creatives, all the artists, all the people in ministry, all the people that are um, really just laying their stories out on the line to help other people. So, um yeah, we just give you all the glory for that. We thank you and yeah, we praise you. And yeah, it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, I just, I think it's really um, beautiful what you're doing. And I think it's really important work. And so if people want to get the book, um, and like I said, everything, all the links are going to be on the website, but um yeah, and Lauren, um, you've been on a lot of launch teams, haven't you? I'm just going to end on this um, because I want to encourage uh, yeah. people to go and be on a launch team for a book if they can. There's so much good that comes out of it. But what other launch teams have you been on? I was on Sarah Bessie's Out of Sorts awesome. launch team. Awesome. Uh, Courtney Westlake's A Different Beautiful, Brandy Lidbeck's the gift of second, which that's a yes. amazing resource for suicide survivors. Yes. I'm um, hoping to have her on. I want to talk to her as well. So, those are the ones that come to mind immediately, but yeah, it's fun and it's exciting to see. And there's so many people I know that are listening that have a dream to write. And I just say, write, just write, 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 right? Like start a, start a blog and you just never know where it's going to take you. And just, um, put it out there. And like you said, you put out a design on a t-shirt and had no idea what was going to happen. And now, you, yeah, that or you took wrote, on a life of its own, right? Or you wrote a poem and now you have a published book. So, well, and that's what's so, you know, huge about like the, for the love of writing group. 
I don't know that I would have ever actually gotten that children's book published if it wasn't for the encouragement of that group. Like oh we are gosh. braver together. Yes. You know? And I mean, even getting on Huffington Post, that only happened for me because of all of y'all like being so excited and everyone encouraging each other and um, telling each other how to do things. And I'm so grateful. It gives you a little push, but so much um, encouragement and so much celebration for each other, which I think is so beautiful. right. It's well, we see worth in one another's gift, even when, you know, maybe I'm not feeling like what I'm doing is worthwhile. Yeah. That my, you know, writing's not that great, you know, whatever. Yeah. But we we see worth in one another and I think that's huge. Huge. And just as women, I mean, you're a lot younger than me, um but I know I've had, you know, my share of just kind of coming up in the business world and not feeling supported. And so it's such a beautiful thing to see um, women lifting each other up and giving each other resources and, you know, like doing each other's logos and making each other's book cover or whatever. Um, right. Just being able to help each other in that way and, and encouragement. So um, I love it. So, yeah, there's a lot to talk about here and we could go on for hours, but um, I'm going to let you go. And I just I appreciate so much your willingness to share your story and um, I wish you just the best with everything, and I can't wait to see what you do next. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs>